The Boarding Schools Expo takes the time and stress out of finding the right school to meet your family's needs. By bringing schools to major centres where they're all under the one roof, the Boarding School Expo gives your family the chance to discuss your educational needs directly with representatives of the school. In 2022, they're launching Boarding Expo 365, a virtual expo reaching families across Australia. Whether you're up in the Kimberley, flying choppers east of Normanton, or making Bree on King Island, Boarding Expo 365 will showcase schools right from your kitchen table. It's truly destination boarding from wherever you call home. Head to their website, boardingexpo.com.au, to discover your boarding school options today. Listening to the Central Station Podcast, where we bring you true stories of what life in the outback is really like and why many wouldn't live anywhere else. So pull up a stump, pop the billy on, or crack a cold one as we talk to the men and women who call some of the most remote parts of Australia home. This podcast is brought to you by Ariat Australia, the perfect choice for the tough jobs. Ariat boots and clothing work hard, look good, and are so comfortable there's never a need to slow down. Visit ariat.com.au today. Hi, I'm Frances Pollock from Woolene Station, and this is my story, The Crash of Wool and the Birth of Tourism. You may have read in an earlier post how Woolene found its way into the tourism industry, but I'll quickly refresh your memory. My father-in-law purchased the property in 1989, moved the family in 1990, and then watched Wool crash in 1991. With no diversification already established and his production plans for Woolene thrown into disarray, a solution was needed very quickly. A business manager and financial advisor looked at options to diversify the finance and, in the end, tourism presented the best opportunity for Woolene. The Sharp family founded Woolene in 1886 and a substantial homestead was built in 1918. All the necessary rooms for running a station, and probably more, were allowed for. A formal dining room and sitting room was separated by a large T-central passage which led to six enormous bedrooms. Together, these rooms made up the main house. An office, bathroom, workroom, schoolroom and ironing room made up another wing to the main building. Beyond a large courtyard with an interesting barrel vault roof is another block which contains the kitchen, men's dining room, laundry, staff and boys' bathroom, cook's bedroom, engine room and a separate meat house. The house remains faithful to the original design, although a few alterations have taken place. A few rooms have been allocated for new purposes. We no longer have a workroom, ironing room, schoolroom, men's dining room or engine room. While we do, the engine room now lives down the workshops. But the design provided an amazing basis for the new tourism venture. A fresh coat of paint was applied to the walls, guest soap laid out on the beds and a brochure sent to various visitor centre. In 1993, the first paying guests arrived at Woolene. Tourism was only meant to be a short-term venture. 
five to seven years maximum just to help Woolleen get back on its feet. But wool prices took a long time to recover, and David's parents were such good hosts that they won the National Tourism Award for hosted accommodation. Tourism became firmly entrenched as a major part of the business. Woolleen experienced a bit of a turbulent time during 2006 and 2007 when David's mum passed away. The station transitioned from sheep to cattle and the management changed. In 2008, after David and I had taken over management of Woolleen, decisions had to be made about what we were doing with tourism. As the station was entirely destocked, money had to come from somewhere. Again, tourism presented the best solution, except this time we weren't starting from scratch like David's parents, we merely had to spruce up a ready-made product. That was easy for me. My background wasn't in agriculture, but always retail and tourism. When we first took over, we tried to replicate the successful recipe David's parents had created, but it didn't work for us. Their core experience was allowing visitors to come and see a working sheep station, windmill runs, shearing and sheepdog demonstrations, but we turned the windmills off when we destocked and all the sheep were long gone. At check-in, people would ask, so how many cows or sheep do you have? Upon replying, none, they'd look at us quizzically and say, oh, so you're not a real station then. Our hearts would sink. Yes, we are a real station. But we are passionate about trying to restore the ecology and capacity of the land to run a sustainable pastoral enterprise in the future. It started to become a bit disparaging. All we wanted to do was share our passion for landscape function and our guests just wanted a real experience on a real stock station. As the years rolled on, we started to make some changes and develop new activities which better aligned with our goals. Walk trails focused on reading the landscape, free bird watching guides, tours dedicated to the ecology of the rangelands, but still with wine and cheese at sunset. Every few weeks we'd get a guest who really understood where we were coming from, who wanted to know more or wanted to help. After they'd leave, we'd feel refreshed and ask each other, wow, how do we make all our customers like them? What do we need to do to get more people like that? Not that we weren't appreciative of everyone who made the effort to spend time at Orlean, but there was something rewarding about sharing our passion with people who supported and encouraged it. Of course, it's probably not that hard to attract the right customers to your business. Even so, we had no money for rebranding, new brochures, websites, advertising to better align our product with the right target audience. And to be honest, while we had a broad ideal, we were still drilling down on exactly what it was we were doing. The process was slow. However, a blessing came in 2012 when ABC's Australian Story decided to run a program about Woolene, and overnight, the entire demographic of visitors changed and doubled in volume. From that point on, we haven't looked back. Every year, we take time to tailor our product and offering to ensure we're meeting the expectations of our guests and of ourselves. Sustainability is at the core of everything we do at Woolene. Life, economy and culture depend on a functioning, healthy landscape. And it doesn't matter we're talking about our cows, our guests, our landscape or ourselves. We aim to offer an experience which is ecologically responsible on multiple levels and engages people with their natural environment. For some people, travelling is about visiting pristine and aesthetically pleasing locations to experience something new and beautiful. Focusing our sustainable tourism practices on the natural environment ensures that visitors not only enjoy Woolleen, but they actively get involved in caring and respecting for it as well. Tourism and pastoralism combined has helped us establish 
a suitable balance between the environmental, economic and social cultural aspects of Woolene. Education is a huge element of our experience here, and open and honest discussion is a big part of that. Society faces so many challenges for the future. Climate change, food security, habitat loss and animal extinction, pollution, deforestation, the list could go on and on and on. I think humanity gets overwhelmed with the extent of issues and it's easier to turn off. One of our biggest goals at Woolene is to bridge the gap between production and conservation and it's part of our key message when communicating with guests about our goal of operating a sustainable pastoral enterprise. I like to think we can break down some of the larger issues and deal with them in a holistic way, giving them context at Woolene and what it means for our future. These discussions and experiences offer visitors education and help connect them to their experience. The more connected a person feels to their experience, the more invested they are in the destination. Nothing gives me more pleasure than knowing someone learnt something new while they were staying with us, and that at some point during their stay, they felt truly grounded and immersed in what was happening around them. I find the country very spiritual in that way. Orlean is only open for tourism from April to October. We always have a great team of staff who support us through the year, usually four or five people, but they are often only doing three-month stints and we are the only ones to see the entire season through. In the hospitality and tourism industry, days, days off can be hard to find and the show must go on, coupled with anything that might be happening on the station as well. But then we close for summer. We don't have a wet season, just a hot season, where the temperature is unbearable for anyone not used to a nice dry 45 degrees. It works well this way to ensure Dave and I don't burn out. It's nice to open the doors again in April, feeling refreshed and ready to start sharing again. We have three very distinct offerings, hosted homestead stays, self-contained guest houses and nature-based camping. Our homestead stays are advertised in a hosted and catered package and guests live in the original homestead with David and I. We all share three meals a day together and have plenty of time to chat about whatever questions guests have about the station. We love this opportunity to get to know people and their values in a friendly setting. We don't accept more than eight guests at once, despite having more beds than this. And every night we host the equivalent of a dinner party in the formal dining room. Formal attire is not required, but everyone spruces up before dinner. The guest houses are rammed earth and were built in 2004, especially for the purpose of tourism. They have full kitchen facilities and guest self-cater. Our camping has evolved a lot over the last 10 years and will continue to do so. All our sites are remote, nature-based camps with a campfire and vermicomposting toilet. Guests need to be completely self-sufficient and we ask them to sign a commitment to country agreement which outlines our expectations of campers while they are on Woolene regarding responsibility and respect for the environment. Everyone is welcome to participate in all the activities which include self-drives, walking trails, longer hikes and mountain bike trails, bird watching, stargazing, looking through the museum or joining David for his three and a half hour guided sunset tour. Other things depend on the season, like canoeing in the Murchison River. We try hard to link all our activities back to our core purpose of rangeland sustainability. Despite tourism existing on Woolene since 1993, I've got mountains of wild dreams I'd love to implement, and I think we've got so much yet to achieve. If only I'd won the $100 million in lotto last month. For us, bigger is not better, and as the years go on, we aim to find ways to give our guests more value in their experience rather than crowd their experience with more people.
a short paragraph I read in a book many years ago by Ian Parks, which I often think about alone or while watching our guests interact with our environment. People who truly live in the outback listen to it. What they hear, I do not know. What I hear, I will not try to tell you. What the country says is beyond words. You feel it or you don't.